welcome to the Heroes Church Podcast. Our vision is to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people for the city. Now, let's listen to Brother Noel as he shares the scripture message. Good morning. Welcome to Heroes Church. Actually, today's topic, I would say, is very timely. It was such an encouraging, you know, to see Nathan reading the passage today. We are to look and, and it's having Romans 13, verses 1 to 5, and we entitled this today, uh, Submitting to Authority. There are a lot of tension going on right now, I believe, especially in social media. And even if you go outside the streets, you know, about the just almost concluded election, we've seen the conflicts people have during the campaign period, and many somehow hope and wish that after the election, it will all be over. But unfortunately, it never happened that way. In fact, the tension grew larger, especially when the initial quick count results were released, which triggered a lot of the supporters, especially of the losing candidates, to express their thoughts and feelings about the results. You can see the social media, which even led to protests running outside on the street. On the other hand, we can also observe that many of the supporters of the winning favored candidate from the other camp also never fails to retaliate and uh, provoke the other camp with their return answers, reactions in every post, in every action being made by the opposing camp. And if people, and you've, you've been always in social media, it feels like it's never ending trend in Facebook, in Instagram, in other platforms. And it's actually for me, it's never fun to read or watch at all. And for some, I, I can hear it from my friends, it's really stressful. Again, our topic is entitled Submitting to Authority. We are to look in Romans 13, and I hope. It will help us on how we can deal and face our current issues, specifically the issue of submitting to governing authority. I believe it's a struggle and surely a hard challenge for most of us to face these issues, especially all of us have our respective preferences of our kinds of leaders and you know we have our own preferences, perspectives, and types of leading and ruling. It's my prayer that today's scripture may grant us handle which can help us deal with this matter and have the biblical understanding on how to relate and respond to whatever government that is over us. Let's allow me first to have a quick word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for the text this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are always with us guiding us, O Lord, despite of difficult circumstances. We pray, O Lord, that your spirit will illuminate us, O Lord, of your gospel, and grant us, O Lord, the help that we need. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share three things today. Number one, uh, we'll learn that the governing authorities are God's institution. Second, we learn that this institu institution, governing authorities, are God's means of 
is mercy and justice. And we'll see the relevance of the gospel at, at the last point. So let's go to our first point, governing authorities are God's institution. We can read that from verses 1 and 2. It says there, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever receives the authorities receives what God has appointed, and those who receive will incur judgment. In verse 1, it's very clear and straightforward that every person, meaning all, are to be subjected to the governing authority, to the higher powers. And the reason is also very clear. For there is no authority except from God. Which means, whatever authorities or powers that be are ordained by God. That's why government is God's institution. It is by divine decree. Its authority in any form comes directly from God. Similar with the church, similar with marriage, which are institutions of God. And so is the government. There is no power except from God. Similar with what we have learned that Sunday sermon. It's an amazing truth to be always reminded that there is no power or authority anywhere in existence that is not reflective of the purpose and will of God. There is no power anywhere in existence that isn't reflective of God's authority. No government exists in any nation of the world apart from God having it instituted. We all know that there's a famous verse in Psalm 62:11, which says, Power belongs to God. We all know that as a Christian, all power belongs to God. All creation belongs to God in heaven and in earth. He owns the entire world. Everything in it belongs to him. And everything that happens within it is under and by the creative act and purpose and will of God. He is imminent in this world. He created the world and controls the world. He manages it for his own purpose. God is sovereign. So all authority comes from above, comes from the Lord. And I know, even for myself, this is not easy. It takes a process for me, and even up to now, for, to truly embrace it and understand it. This is something I agree difficult for all of us. Probably you will be asking, what about the poor government? What about this abusive leader, this corrupt kind of government? What about a leader like, you know, Hitler? Are those still ordained by God? Well, the scripture already answered that. There is no power but of God. We cannot deny the wrongdoings of the government. We cannot deny the abuses and injustices. These do not reflect God's holy nature. I agree with that. No, we can say it is reflecting God's holy will. Same thing with marriage. In marriage, you can be no couple separating or divorcing. And also, we cannot ignore the apostasy in the church. There's many disobedience in the church. 
which also do not reflect the nature of God, but still they are institutions ordained by God. So abuses, cruelty, or corruptions do not deny the sacredness and authority in any of God's institutions, be it in marriage, be it in the church, or the government. Like for example, for marriage as God's institution, it doesn't matter who the couple is, it doesn't matter you know, the way of their living, their lifestyle, it doesn't matter what their social status, it doesn't matter what was their level of their commitment with each other. It is an institution of God. So is the government. When the scripture commands us to submit to governing authority, it doesn't discuss the character of the leader. It doesn't discuss their qualifications, whether they're good or bad, whether they were elected or appointed, whether the government is democratic or dictatorship. Government is a divine decree. We are all called to submit to authority. They have a God-given decree. God-given place of authority. It doesn't mean obeying them is becoming like them. It doesn't mean like that. Many people nowadays in current culture, even Christians, find this command really hard to obey. It is normal, normal for people to fight back using confrontation, protest, or any other means of disobedience to show disagreement to authority. But we can read the scripture and it never taught us to revolt against authority or overthrow unjust rulers. The Bible never teaches us for people to march around the town plaza, marching, lobbying on government halls. The Bible never mentions about violating a government building, harassing leaders, violating the law. Submission to authority do not depend on its kind or form, whether it's capitalistic or federalism or democratic or others. The matter is simple. And we learned it a couple of weeks ago. As Christians, we are called to be peacemakers. We are peacemakers. We have to reach the world by demonstrating godly, virtuous, peaceable kind of life so that we may entice others to our, to our lives. Our nation, our society is full of negativities right now. And we may see this as an opportunity for our life to shine. This is our cheer. Liwanas that we live. The light that can bring people hope. Despite of the darkness. Despite of life's difficulties. As a Christian, as a church, we are kingdom people. We are a kingdom of priests. Whose role is to bring people to God. We are not a kingdom of all politicians. We're not like that. God's design for us in this world is to bring men to God. We are peacemakers. We, we all care about change. Of course, we would like that. We desire change. We want to uplift the lives of everybody. But as a Christian, we know that the real change comes from inside, not outside. 
And as we are commanded to submit to, to the authority, as it is instituted by God, in verse 2, we can see another reason. It says there, therefore, whoever receives the authority receives what God has appointed. In other words, resistance to government is resistance against God. Because God is the power behind all government. Whoever receives the authority of government and lines up against government, those who refuse to support by disobeying, receive God. And there is punishment for those who resist. Now, having said all of this, let's all be reminded that our submission to authority is not absolute, as Scripture also tells us. There are several occasions in the scripture where this command was violated. And we all know that. And that is when the government demands us to do what God forbids us to do. Or requires us to not do what God commands us to do. This is the only time we violate the law, this law. And this is when God has called us to do something which we are being forbidden to do or commanding us not to do something we are being forced to do. One of the best examples is Prophet Daniel. There is a story that he refused to do what the word of God forbids and that is to eat a certain kind of food. But even if it's God's command, Conflict what the king commanded for Daniel and his friends to eat. Daniel did not you know, openly disobey, but instead he tried to resolve the conflict peacefully by, by proposing an alternative. In the all of the story, he obeyed, he respected, and he did everything in response to and, and, and to please those in authority. And another familiar story of Daniel wherein he would not stop praying even though there was an epic time that no one was to pray to anybody and give obedience to any other God. And we all know the story. He went on with his prayer since he knew that it was right before God. And so what happened? He was thrown into the den of lions. But even he is about to be thrown into the lion's den, we can still see Daniel's character. He is still submissive in a unique sense. He understood that the powers or authorities that be are ordained by God. And he is very trustful that no matter what the king does to him, he is in the hands of God. That's what we are seeing earlier. So we all know what happened right after that. You know, God delivered Daniel, and Daniel continued to prosper in the reign of King Darius, and even in the in the reign of King Cyrus the Persian. Daniel never wavered from honoring the king. And if this obedience is necessary, Daniel is willing to suffer 
the consequent punishment. I know this is difficult, you know, hearing all of this. Even the story is very clear, but this is something we need to have in us as a Christian. A respectful and honoring attitude to the authorities who are over us. Christianity is not a political viewpoint. It is not a social perspective limited to some idea or some concept of social, moral, or economic existence. For us Christians, Christianity is a matter of soul salvation, reaching out to people, helping those who are in need and those who are lost. I have friends from other churches who are feeling sad. Actually, they are so sad. Whenever we see each other, we, we talk about what's happening right now, they feel so sad because they feel like the current political situation and issues so preoccupied the church. And if that was true, it is definitely sad to know because this is not our calling. This is not our call to see the church and its ministries from, to, you know, turn from an emphasis of teaching the Bible and God's word to an emphasis on politics or coalition supporting political parties. It's really a sad picture. It's really a sad picture. Let us not sell ourselves for something short of that which we are called as a church. We cannot afford to become just a flag-waving or protesting voice for government change. Yes, we can talk the nation, but not through political pressure, but through the word of God. We preach against sin and the evils of this, of this time. That is our calling, to preach the word of God as we confront the issues in our society and also to live a godly life so that people may see God through us. Our submission to authorities governing us is beyond the criteria whether the ruling leader is kind of good, whether he was a persecutor of Christians or a lover of Christians, it was not important or consequential whether he was elected by the people, whether he was appointed, or whether he took over in a military coup. It was not consequential at all whether the assertion of power or authority by a certain leader was just or unjust, whether he was wicked or whether he was basically good. None of that was consequential. It was simply and only that government, as it, as it exists in any situation, is for the purpose of God in that situation. And resistance and rebellion against the government is resistance and rebellion against God. Now again, I say, Unless it is obvious that the government has overstepped its bounds and is forcing you to do that which is contrary and counter to all that scripture indicates, you know, God operates in the maintenance of government 
we obey. We obey. We honor the government, whether the president or the senators or the local officials, the police, whatever it is. And you know, it doesn't only apply to government, it applies also to any kind of relationships we have to our organization and our workplace. And in any relationships, you know, we have with people where there is a governing body that exercises authority over us. That's why, for our second point, says that governing authorities are God's means of mercy and justice. And we can read that in verse 3 to 4. It says that, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct. Not to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do us good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out of God's wrath on the wrong We can see from this text, specifically in verse 3, that rulers and government authorities are a great blessing from God. It's a blessing from God, which he ordained to maintain peace and order so that there would be no rebellion, no chaos. And you know, I'm very grateful to God for him being so merciful to us. You know, with the kind of government he gave us right now. Even before, even though we see a lot of issues and flaws, because I'm so thankful because we are free to gather together to worship God every Sunday, every lighthouse gathering, you know, every activity, church activity. And at the same time, authorities doesn't restrict us to even reach out people and share God and our faith to others. That's God's mercy. That's God's mercy. And in verse 4, we can read that rulers who rules over us are God's servant whom God instituted for our good and carry out justice and God's wrath on evildoers. We as Christians are instructed to not take personal revenge. That's what the text is saying. If we go to the prior chapter, in chapter 12, we can read from there in verse 17 to 20, it says there, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live decently with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will be very close to his head. It is very clear that no breach of peace should never come from us, especially for us Christians. We are peacemakers, not troublemakers. And there is no place for personal vengeance. We are commanded not to avenge. God takes care of that. And he takes care of that by providing us his instituted authority. 
who have the responsibility to punish evil. It is not our individual role or responsibility to avenge, nor retaliate, nor bring evil to evil men. We have our authority. It is the role of the government. They are the ones to deal with those who are evildoers. So the passage then shows us that when criminal things have been done against us, we return love for him. You know, good for evil. And the government will take the proper recourse. That is the government's role. And this is something difficult for us to fully understand or grasp this, this, this command. Especially if we cannot trust the kind of government we have. There is always the tendency to put in our own hands the proper recourse we think in order to retaliate from the bad things done against us. That's why it's important that we, you know, as a Christian, we always check and observe ourselves. Check our actions, how the truth of being a Christian really affects our lives and our relationships. Our personal relationship to God, to our family, to, to fellow believers, to our church, and even to unbelievers, even to our enemies. And also its impact in our relationship with governing authorities over us. Being a Christian is a total life experience. It touches every element of life. It, 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 it impacts every thought, every, every action, our deeds, our relationships. It is essential that a Christian understands that his relationship to authority, his relationship to government, and those who are over him is dramatically impacted by his salvation. By our salvation, we are called to live as model citizens that we may reach the world around us with Jesus Christ being magnified through our life. Authorities are instituted by God for our good. Submitting to authorities demonstrates the legitimacy of our faith in God as is the power behind every authority. Surely, the government will never be perfect. That's why the scripture also tells us to be reminded always to pray for our leaders. Pray for them. Pray for those in authority over us so that we may be able to walk as God wants us to walk. That we may be able to live in this country, in this world, as God intended us to be. And enjoy peace so that we can live out our godliness. We do not affect, we do not affect our rulers by protest. We do not affect our rulers by disobedience. We, we can't impact them, you know, by revolting against them, uprising. We only can impact them by prayer. By prayer. Honestly, I thank God for Heroes Church. You know, 
as I continue to learn and appreciate, you know, the values we are cultivating in our community, it helps me to appreciate the people and deal with every relationship I have in my life. I still remember during the first time I'm attending Heroes Church, where you know, Pastor she was passing a mission for our church, and he was talking about Jeremiah 29. And there's a verse there that really impacted me. It says there, in Jeremiah 29, it says, And seek the peace of the city to which I have caused you to be carried away captive. Actually, this is the message to the Jews in captivity in, in Babylon. The Jews were captives, they were prisoners, they were hostages. But God's word to them is seek the peace, seek the peace. So if we want peace in our society, if we want to enjoy our faith and to spread our faith, then pray for those in authority over us. Pray for them. God's purpose for government is protection of life, and property and preservation of men. But I have, as I have said, there may be circumstances that the government may have failures to fulfill its intended purpose. We may see corruption, irregularity, immorality, abuse, and many other things. But in spite of those kind of things, you know, as Christians, we must pray and live a peaceful life, influencing the world, not by political progress, not by efforts to overthrow the government, but by guiding living and boldly confronting truthful preaching of the saving gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That must be our message. That should be what, what we should be rounding. Like the prophet. Like the prophets, we have every right to confront the sins of our society from the view from the viewpoint of the word of God. But not to engage in political acts of violence or overthrow or uprising or protest or revolution against the government. The government is in place by the decree of God. It is his instituted instrument for God to do in a nation what he chooses to do. It is God's expressive expression of his divine will. Sometimes God wants to punish a nation. Sometimes God wants to prosper a nation. Sometimes he wants to bless people. Sometimes he chooses to judge people. But government in all its forms is by divine decree. Somehow, we are aware of the government authority. We all knew that. We've been studying that since we were young. But, you know, we are forgetting to put, you know, value to the truth that government is an institution of God. That's why we, there's a tendency that we forget that we, as a citizen of this nation, of this world, especially as a Christian, we all have responsibility in our government. That's why many people tolerate sin and allow people to go unpunished, which in return cause our government and our society to break down and collapse. Because we fail to do our part. 
He failed to do our part. And there's only one way to change that. And that's not by any political action. That's by the saving gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only thing for us to submit to authority, to the government, and to fully acknowledge that the government is from God, instituted by Him. And that's our last point, the gospel of ultimate authority, which, you know, in verse 5 we can read, Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. We Christians should obey the authority, the government, not only to avoid God's wrath, but because our conscience tells us that submitting to authority is right. It is right. And again, submission to authorities are not only limited to the government, it exists in every relationship we have. There are authorities ordained by God in our homes, in our offices, in our workplaces, at church, and any other organization we are involved in. And we know it's really a challenge. It's difficult to submit to authority, especially if we see things that are not worth submitting. Particularly when we see irregularities and when leaders ruling over us are not performing their job and abusing his power instead. It's difficult. And we are all aware. We all know the struggle. We experience that in our work. We experience that in our family. And even with our friends. But praise be to God. Praise be to God. Because He knew everything. Our struggle. That's why He brought us the good news. The gospel. Which is the key for us to know that submitting to authority is the right thing to do. That is the will of God for us to submit to authority. Romans 13 and what it says is really hard if we will only look at it as it is without reading it in its proper context. The way Apostle Paul wrote the entire epistle. That's why Romans 13 is normally abused. We may see that, read that, and you know, impose that to Christians, you know, and be just legalistic. This is how we do it. But as we read, you know, we, we had our series before. I remember Roman series, particularly the first 11 chapters, where we see how Apostle Paul introduced people to the gospel, where he, gives, he gave emphasis about being justified by grace through faith. He describes what it is, what it is to be a Christian. And right after chapter 11, uh, beginning chapter 12, and up to the last chapter, chapter 15, Paul talks about our proper response to the gospel, its implications in our lives. And we can read it, starting from Romans 12, how our salvation, how the love of Christ, when we experience it in our life, touches and affects every element of our life, including our needs, our, our thoughts, our words, our relationships. Our salvation impacts every life, every part of life. Having a life dedicated to Christ 
means that we are not only to have right relationship with God, it will allow us to have a right relationship with our fellow Christians, with outsiders, even with, the, with our enemies, and also a right relationship to civil authority, to the government. That's why it is essential for us to read this letter, this epistle, through and through, in order for us to recognize place in the gospel and understand the right motive what the gospel is, is, is giving us the incentive to have the right motive and perspective and do the proper response as it points us to the truth of the gospel and lead us to the ultimate authority. The gospel is the key for us to recognize the ultimate authority in order that we can commit ourselves and submit to governing authorities around us. God, to our Lord Jesus Christ, is the ultimate authority to whom all authority in this world came from. Jesus came here in this world to his people, the Jews, in a very unique situation for them. The Jews were shadowed for the Romans. They were other privileged. They were being oppressed. They were the minority. They have no voice in Roman government. You know, they have to pay heavy taxes to the Roman tax collectors, tax, tax masters. You know, now, that's the kind of world Jesus came into. They didn't even know anything about democracy, about voting, about certain freedoms that we enjoy right now. And what did Jesus say? He said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. He did not come with power and force to overthrow the Roman tyranny. He did not seek social change. He did not attempt to eliminate slavery. He did not come with political or economic issues at stake. They were not concerned of his life and ministry. He did not come to, br to bring New government to, to bring democracy, to, to wave the flag of Judaism. Jesus' appeal was always to the hearts of individual men and women. Not their political freedom, not their right under government. Jesus did, did not say to abolish injustice, he preached the saving gospel so that once a man's soul or a, or a woman's soul is right with God, it matters very little what the externals are. Jesus was never interested in a new social order. He's more interested in putting up his church. Jesus knew and experienced what probably we are all struggling right now. Jesus knew the challenge of submitting to authority just to carry out the plan and purpose of God. And we all know the agony and sorrow of our Lord Jesus as he prayed, especially when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane during the time his death is at hand. And we can see that you willingly obey the Father. Therefore, 
I encourage everyone to look unto Jesus. Somehow, we are triggered by the current circumstances surrounding us at the moment. But let us all be reminded of our priorities. We are not to be concerned with issues of, of the state and the government as a priority. We are to be busy living godly life as the function of a nation and preaching God's word, sharing with gospel. Let us be the church God called us to be. Let's be reminded of our identity in Christ, which is beyond our nationality, being a Filipino. It's beyond that. We are all Christians. May that identity be distinct to all of us. Last election, I believe, all of us voted with our conscience as we pray to God for what is better in our nation. Some may be pleased with the results, some are sad, and I know it's tough. And probably many also do not care at all. For those who are pleased, we are celebrating with you. And for those who are sad, I know it's tough and we grieve with all of you. But whatever you are feeling right now, May the gospel remind us of our priorities. Let us all anchor ourselves to our true hope. Election is almost done, and whoever will sit as new leaders, God will still be the ultimate boss. He is the ultimate authority. Instead of engaging ourselves in the matters of civil government, let us spend, you know, our time. You know, our passion, our money, our energy of engaging ourselves in the matters, you know, of nourishing our relationship with people. With our church, our families, you know, reaching out to others, being a model employee to wherever company you're working, a model citizen in our nation with a good relationship with people, submitting to authority. Remember that we are to be the conscience of the nation by godly living and faithful preaching and proclaiming and sharing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are all called to submit. Even if our government changes its form, as governments do, even in our companies where we are working, every time there's no there's new leadership. It always changes. We need to be a model. We need to be a Christian. That's our identity. We not only obey, but we as a Christian, we 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 need to see ourselves having the spirit of obedience, giving honor to the to those who are in authority over us. So that the name of Christ might might not be evil spoken of. And that the critics who are looking for ways to condemn us, to condemn Christians, they're going to condemn us. 
please let it be our faith, not our political viewpoint. So we submit. That's all for Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for this amazing word, your word this morning. I know it's tough, oh Lord, this time. And we pray, Lord, that uh, whatever happens, this population may not divide our country, especially for us Christians. May we have the, your grace, oh Lord, that we may continue to live our distinct identity from you. That more than a Filipino, more than a citizen of this nation, we are Christians. And more than engaging ourselves in political issues, may we see our life living the purpose you intended us to be. And we pray for our church. May we be your voice alert to this city, to our nation. May every people who are lost, who are out of focus, who are struggling, May we be the church that you wanted us to be. A vessel of your gospel that will bring comfort to your nation. And even in the time, oh Lord, that you will put us in a situation that we need to stand for you. And we need to oppose authorities over us. May you grant us, oh Lord, a heart full of peace and grace. That we may continue to be kind and nice in dealing with this matter. Thank you, God, for your sovereignty. Thank you, God, that you are the one who sits on the throne. That despite of what the future will bring to us, we know, Lord, that you are the one who is imminent in this world. You are all powerful. You are omniscient. You are the one who controls all things. And our heart will continue to trust in you. This we ask for Lord in faith and with all thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. Amen.